never talked offline about a catchy catchphrase. Damn it. Catchy catchphrase. I like that. Okay. Catchy um, catchphrase. Welcome, everyone. Muscle science for women. Stop doing stupid shit. That's, I mean, trademark <laughs> that. Trademark that right now. And um, uh, learn how to properly fuel and mm-hmm. change your body composition in a way that's sustainable and fun and blah, 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 blah. All right. That, that catchphrase is a little long. A little long. I okay, might edit stop it doing down. stupid shit. That's it. I Perfect. Like that. Perfect. Um, I'm your host, Ashley Van Houten. This is Rachel Gregory. And we are talking about, this is what I might title this podcast, um, motivation and cardio. Do you need them for fat loss? Because we get a lot of questions about both of those things. Um, And I think, and I'm sure you get it with your, like your coaching clients and stuff too, because I get this all the time. It's like, people asking about how to create structure so they don't have to rely on motivation. Um, what I do when I have a like lack of motivation or how do I, how do I get more motivation? Um, so, you know, it's a huge topic and I think we do touch on it a lot, but it might be worth talking about in the context of, you know, this like fat minor fat loss goal that I have. Um, but a fat loss goal in general, um, because motivation, as we know, is a very, very, um, fickle thing and probably not something you want to like hang all your hopes on. <laughs> um, because <laughs> yeah, like literally nobody's ever motivated all the time. Um, y- 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 you know, people could say like you, you get money at the end of this, or you'll get a super special treat or a trip, or mm-hmm. you're a, professional athlete and your entire livelihood relies on this and you still aren't going to be motivated all the time. So it's interesting to me that we still, we still prize or like think about motivation so much when there are so many other things that are more important to success, right? Like, why do you think, why do you think people ask about this or contemplate this or like talk about motivation? Like it's so important. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like, I mean, I think simply just like in human nature, it's like we, when we feel good about what we're doing or we're like motivated to do stuff, that's when we get shit done. Right. And so it's like, why can't like I be motivated all the time? Or like, how do I find more motivation? So it's a natural kind of question to ask yourself. Right. Cause you feel so good during those times. What, what were you going to say? Well, I just, I think like that's part of the fallacy a little bit because I think it's true. Yes, of course. Days we wake wake up motivated, we get things done. Absolutely. That's Mm -hmm. correct. But anybody who is successful in anything, if they're honest, will tell you that motivation isn't the main factor, right? It's behavior. It's, you know, um, hard work. It's whatever it is. It's not just waking up and feeling like you want to go work hard. So Again, I just feel like it's one of the, maybe it's like we tend to do this with a lot of things because motivation is a good feeling and it's like a sexy concept. It's much sexier than like write some stuff down on your fridge so you don't forget it, which is like more more useful than motivation, but that's not sexy. It's the same yeah. way that like, you know, crash diets or keto or carnivore sound sexier than like just figure out the food that works for you and eat enough and like eat properly, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so I guess it is just like this human nature that it's like these, it's like we like to latch on to the 10% or the 5% or the 1% instead of the 90% that seems so much more like tedious and grueling, right? Yeah. No, and I mean that's I just like from your original question, that's, I I think that that's why people ask about it. Cause like when they feel motivated, it's like a good feeling. Right. But yeah. that's not what you said. That's not going to be something that you can rely on. It's, uh, I, I read this under like motivations, like the stock market, right? Like it ebbs and flows seemingly like every single day. Right. And so if you're try- like relying on that, that's not sustainable and you're not going to get shit done <laughs> mm-hmm. as we mentioned the beginning of this. Um, so I think from like a motive, like from an overall like goal standpoint, like depending on what goals you have and things like that, there just has to be, and these are the things we talk about all the time. There has to be structure. There has to be a system. There has to be things that you're, that you have in place that are habit-based and like relying on your discipline to be able to follow through with these things. And I think that the more that you can rely on that and the more you start to get into the groove of, of understanding that like you're not going to want to wake up and do a lot of, a lot of the shit that you have to do to get the results but knowing that and pushing through that the more often you do that right the more often you do the stuff that you don't want to do the easier it gets 
Yes. Right. And then that mo that, then you build momentum. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's the momentum, which is what's getting you places. It's not relying on the motivation. It's building up that momentum. Um, I think that's really important. And that's what I, I think that's where the results come is understanding that and understanding the things that you need to do on a daily basis in order to get to where you want to be. Obviously, this is all stuff that people know, but I think having those systems, having that structure and like being able to track those things and with an Excel sheet or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, and having the accountability, like all of those things are what play into your ability to get the results that you want. And so again, like motivation is going to ebb and flow throughout the day, throughout the week, depending on just your life, right? Stress, whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, so And there's another thing, you don't have to be perfect. Like you don't have to be, it doesn't have, there can be days where you say you're going to do something and you end up not doing it. Or you're like, I really need to go to the gym and I just want to lay on the couch. And maybe that's, that happens, right? Which is fine. Like, but if that's happening every single day, (laughs) then obviously Mm -hmm. there's something going on there. So it's really just thinking about like, okay, how can I be consistent over time? Not perfect. Mm -hmm. If you try to be perfect, you're just going to end up failing. Mm -hmm. Um, And how can I like, be very in tune and mindful about that. I think that's a huge piece of it too, like the mindfulness and the awareness aspect of it. And um, I was talking with one of the members yesterday, we had our Zoom call and literally towards the end of the call, um, she asked, she was like, I fell off the wagon these last two weeks. I'm not sure what to do or how to get, you know, get back on it. I was doing so well. And I literally was like, congratulations, you failed. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. We ha- And that is part of the process. Like failing is part of it. And mm-hmm. you learn from what you failed. Like if you didn't, mm-hmm. if you don't ever fail, then what the heck are you doing? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was like, literally like, congratulations, you just failed. I'm so proud of you. Like, that's <laughs> what I said to her. And then I was, then I went into like, okay, these are the things that you need to do to just get back on track. I was like, don't, she's like, my periodization plans all kind of screwed up now. I'm like, no, it's not. It's been two weeks. And so I said, Hey, like, just go home what do you need to do tomorrow to feel like you're back in control? Don't think about next week. Don't think about whatever. Like what, what's, what are the things you need to do tomorrow to get back in a feeling of control and then use that one day and build it up, right? If you stack three days together where you feel in control, you're back on track, you will be so surprised how that momentum that you build will just naturally cause your motivation to skyrocket. Right. So it's not relying on the motivation to get shit done. It's actually putting in the work and taking a step back and realizing, like, okay, I just need to focus on the things that I know work for me. And if I can do that for one day and I can maybe stack up a few days back to back that that happens, then you'll be right back in the groove of things. And that in itself will kind of propel you to keep going. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good. I love that. Did she, did she appreciate that? Like, did that, do you think that got through she, and helped her? <laughs> she literally, cause I post the zoom re- replays like 30 minutes after we do them in our, in our app. Um, and she commented on the replay and she was like, my favorite part of this zoom call was when you said, quote, congratulations, you failed. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I and I was like, listen, that's the kind of support be real. you need. That's yeah. the kind of support you need. I mean, I think again, like Maybe this is going to be a controversial statement, but, and I wish there was, I wish there was research to, to prove what I'm about to say, because I really believe it's true, but I think it will be impossible to have like empirical research to prove it that slow, steady, progressive progress makes you better and more successful and stronger and hit your goals faster than this like constant hamster wheel of like just going zero to a hundred and then crashing and then falling off the wagon and jumping back on and going just 120% and like so into something and so motivated. And then something happens and you fall off and then you're depressed and you start all over again and you beat yourself up. It's such a common experience, I think, among perfectionists. Like I have a like small roster of clients right now that are very, very high achieving people, like in their, in their separate, um, professions it's like incredibly impressive, but a lot of them have this tendency of like, I, I latch onto an idea or a concept or a goal. And I'm like, just so into it for a couple weeks and then it's gone. And then we start again. And I'm trying to show them that like, 
this, and I'm, you got to watch the YouTube video to see what I'm doing. <laughs> this up and down, up and down, up and down. Not only is it not fun, like, yeah, you get some high highs when you're feeling like super pumped and ready to go, but it's not fun. It's not good for your health. It's not good for your goals. And even if you're up here, when I'm like, you know, progressing slowly over here and it seems like you're up higher than me, like I'm going to get there. It's like the tortoise and the hare situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wish that people, we could get rid of this concept that like perfectionism is, is a good thing. And I don't want to say like, I'm judging people. Like if you think you're a perfectionist, you suck and you're dumb. Like not true. I'm a type A person. I think you are too. I think a lot of people we know are like very ambitious, hardworking type A people who want to do things right. But the idea of this, like, I have to do it perfectly and I have to start now and I have to go hard or else it might be making up for something. It might be trying to prove something to yourself that you're not sure of. And I think having the courage to slow down and like perfect the foundations before you jump to the thing you really want to do. I think that's so important and so misunderstood and not respected enough. Um, And, you know, I was literally having this conversation with a client this morning or she, you know, wanted to do a million things. And I'm like, you can do all of those million things, but you have to do this one thing right for a few weeks first. Like, that's just the way it goes. You got to build a foundation. You can't as much as you want to, it just, it's not going to work. That's, that's how you ended up coming to me in the first place, because you're just like zero to hundred, then back to zero, then back to hundred, then back to zero. It's like, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. And it doesn't get you where you want to go. Um, so anyway, motivation, but another thing too, that I will say that's important. And, you know, I always keep, I feel like I use my own examples a lot and listeners, if this is annoying, like send us an email and tell me to stop. But I just like, I only know my own, my own personal experience. <laughs> send us an email. Was, yeah, yeah. Tell tell us, tell me that I'm kind of annoying <laughs> with my personal stories. Um, but I was, you know, telling my client, I'm like the great, one of the other great things about having a boring, basic, consistent foundation of eating well, walking, sleeping, recovering, simple, simple actions, and having that just just ingrained in your behavior for months and years and years and years is that when the inevitable thing comes that knocks you off, which will happen, like you just congratulated your client today, things are going to happen and that's okay. And that's life. But when you get knocked back a peg, you're still in such better shape. And I mean that figuratively as well as maybe physically than people who are constantly on that hamster wheel. So like you know, we use the example of the pandemic and, you know, there's a lot of other extraneous factors there, but like when things like that happen or when I got pregnant and so suddenly my workouts were gone and I didn't have a gym and all that stuff, like I could fall back on this foundation of, okay, well, I don't have my gym. I suddenly have all these weird physical things going on. I can't go do pull-ups and the stuff that I want to do. I knew how to take care of myself and I knew how to maintain as best I could. I knew how to support my body. I knew how to take care of myself. I didn't beat myself up too much. I just went for walks and hydrated, ate a lot of food, healthy food, like, you know, so it's just like having those foundations. It's like a, we've used this term before, like an insurance policy. It's like Mm -hmm. a, it's just a gift to yourself that keeps you grounded and keeps you okay and keeps you healthy in times of upheaval and stress that's going to come your way, right? You just want to have those, those things are going to, those unsexy practices are going to be real sexy to you when something crazy happens and you need to take care of yourself. You'll know how to, you know? Yeah. Um, No, I agree. I think, and that's, that's a huge piece of like, just kind of going back to like, in terms of having that foundation, that's where we kind of talked about periodization and things like that. Like any, like new client that I work with or any, anybody coming into anything that like my, my group coaching, whatever they said, they have to start with the foundations phase, right? Like having a foundations phase for some people, it might only last two weeks because they're already like for you, if you were going to go through my periodization, whatever, and all that, like you would probably only need two weeks in a foundations phase. Cause you already have your shit dialed in. Like you've been doing this for a while and, and same with me. Like we have a, a solid foundation, but there's some people who don't. And so maybe they need to spend like four months just getting those foundations. And there's like a bunch of different things um, there, but it's really like, I, I use the analogy of explaining like your, your built, like your home, right? Your home is where you spend most of your time and you're building the foundation of your home to be a place that you can come back to. And you're 
you're comfortable at and you want to come back to it, right? And that's the foundations, right? That's you're building like literally the the pegs in the ground and whatever, right? You can't you can't put furniture in a house that doesn't have a roof or doesn't have a stable mm-hmm. foundation because yeah, maybe it'll stay there for a little while, but like eventually that house is not going to be standing if it doesn't have a freaking solid foundation, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have that foundation, if you built that stuff, then you'll always have like a solid place to come back to. If you don't, you're always going to be on edge. There's always going to be things that are crashing and burning next mm-hmm. to you and all that. So just taking that as a way to to understand like having that foundation is so important. And if you feel like you don't, then that's the place to start. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess basically it's like motivation is a bonus, but, um, just creating a life and set of behaviors that will support your goals so that they, they carry you along when the motivation isn't there. And I mean, I guess we've also talked to about like intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. I mean, in this case, this particular case with me and my little mini prep, it's kind of extrinsic a little bit, to be honest with you. Cause like, look, I'm doing a photo shoot and I want to look cute. This isn't like I need to improve my health or I'm so unhappy with the way I look. It, yeah. So this is sort of like a special case. Um, but generally speaking, if you're looking to, and I guess also because this is a temporary thing, like I'm trying to like lean out a little bit for a photo shoot. I don't plan on, you know, losing 20 pounds and trying to stay there or whatever. Um, so if it's something that you want to, you want to be a part of your life, if it's a thing you want to change permanently or long-term, it really, really helps if that motivation or desire or goal comes from a really sincere place within rather than the internet or someone, you know, telling you, you should do something. Um, because that's just not, it's just not really a good enough, um, motivation. It doesn't come from a good feeling place. Um, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't last, but if it's something that you truly want to do for yourself, you're a lot more likely to kind of hold on to that feeling and use it to change your behaviors, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. And I think I'm like in a place right now and I know I'm rambling on, we got to talk about a lot of their stuff, but I'm in a place right now too, where I'm like really thinking about the long term of like where I want to, like, I want to be not just from like, not body composition, but like internal health and, and all of that, like in two years from now, like where I want to be. And so like continuing to like remind myself like, Oh, I, you know, woke up this morning and I felt bloated and I'm looking in the mirror. I'm like, Oh, like I just don't, I feel gross, you know, like taking that out and like changing the script and like talking positive to yourself and like realizing like, okay, yeah, I might not be my leanest right now. And, but okay, I know. And and we go through this. I'm saying this because we go through this too. Like, even though we know in our heads and we explain this to our clients, like you shouldn't be looking at like in the mirror and like judging how you're feeling and like saying negative stuff to yourself and all of that. And understanding that like your leanest body is probably not your happiest life and most likely not. Like we say all these things and they, they, it's true, but like, we still have to remind ourselves of this because we're human and we Mm -hmm. have these emotions and these body image things that happen. And so that's something that just being super mindful and aware of that and like practicing that every single day, like literally waking up, like for myself, I don't know if you saw my post, but like I've, I've gained like eight pounds since my photo shoot. Right. And a lot, like a good half or a little bit more of that is like normal weight gain after a photo shoot. Um, but I've been like, in terms of body composition, like I've been like maintaining, but a little bit kind of on the ups a little bit in terms Mm -hmm. of like not maintaining. So going a little (laughs) bit faster than I want. Um, in terms of that scale, trying to up a little bit. So I kind of have to like reel it back in and think about actually what I'm doing. Cause I am really focused on like the gut health stuff right now. And, and that yeah. comes with making sure that I'm fueling and, and eating and, and all that. And so, yeah, there's some uncomfortability, if that's a word, <laughs> um, or more, m- more fluffiness and things that are, um, that I'm feeling right. And so there's some days where it's really good. Some days where I'm not feeling so good in terms of body image, but like, I just constantly remind myself of like, why am I doing this? And what is the long-term gratification? Not like the short-term. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that is a piece that like, the more you can do that, like the more you can wake up every single day. And like, even if you feel like absolute crap, even if you feel like you've, you know, I don't know, you just don't feel good in your body. Like the more you can practice the awareness behind that and like, 
telling yourself, okay, this is like bringing yourself back to the why, like, why are you doing this? What's your why? And Mm -hmm. having like a solid why is very important. Like you mentioned, that Mm -hmm. is going to keep you going. Um, And I think that's very important. Like if you don't have that solid, like, why are you even doing this? No matter what Mm -hmm. stage you're in, then you're just going to crash and burn. So. Yep. Completely agree. Um, Speaking of feeling good in our bodies, I do not. And do you want to talk about you want to talk about it? Yeah, let's, give let's you a little it. update. I'm just going to go close the shade because the light okay. is coming in and like really bothering me. So hold on one second. Okay. I'll just stay here and stare at myself in the camera. See if that is better. I think that's better. The sun was mm-hmm. really. You should just me. come okay. to my dungeon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love the lighting. Usually it's like, you're like the dark side and I'm the light side, which doesn't seem on brand. It seems like if anyone's going to be the villain out of the two of us, it would probably be me. But anyway, we'll do a poll. See what people think. Um, Okay. So a quick, quick um, prep update. And for people who, again, it's totally fine. If this does not interest you, you can just skip ahead a couple minutes, but you know, it's a, it's a experiment and a project that Rachel and I are doing together. Um, and we thought that, you know, there's some learning experiences to be had along the way. So you guys can learn. With yeah. Us. Don't skip ahead. Listen in. It's important. Okay. I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to like be nice, give people the option, but, um, so, you know, we're a few weeks in and, um, I think that I would say, I mean, you're the coach, so you can, you can, um, you can report on this, but besides my like hesitancy to, uh, do measurements like that, like generally, I think this is going pretty smoothly, right? Like I am enjoying the workouts, um, the food thing, like, you know, obviously minimizing my food intake and like reining in the calories a little bit has not really been as terrible as I expected it to be. Um, you know, stuff is going pretty well. Um, but this week, and we were talking offline, I'm experiencing some frustration and it's, it's not maybe what people would expect. I think people would maybe expect that if you're doing a super short, pretty intense cut that I'd be, you know, experiencing things like exhaustion or hunger, or I'd be sort of like irritable, or I'd just be kind of like miserable about the process in general. And that hasn't been it at all. It's been everything else in my life. (laughs) that is impacting my ability to kind of like focus and, um, and do the things that I want to do for this cut. And I think the reason why this is impacting me more is because in the past, like I've spent years where my sole focus was me and my health and wellness. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, that was a different period in my life and I had the time and the freedom. And it was also, again, part of my job. And so I remember the, the days and when I was like, bodybuilding prepping when like my job was eating the way I was supposed to eat, getting my exercise in, taking care of myself. And yeah, I did other things too, but like that was the priority. And it's really not that way now. And it's, it's not like I'm like resentful or whatever. I, I have a different life now. I have a kid and I have a business and I work for myself and all of these things, but it just like the last two, the last month, the the following the coming month, this very short prep, I couldn't have picked a worse time for my life to be doing this prep in terms of how much free time I have, how much time to work out, how much time to get my movement in, um, just things coming from nowhere, like kids getting sick, me getting sick, travel, like this happening, that happening. And it's just, I guess one thing is it's creating in me a lot more empathy for, a lot of my clients and stuff where maybe five years ago, I would have been like, all I hear is excuses. And now I'm like, maybe they are kind of, they're, they're not excuses. They are reasons why people can't always, they don't always have the capacity that you want them to have, you know? And Mm -hmm. if I am completely honest, and I'm sure there be internet trolls who would call me on it, that you still have time to work out every single day. You still have time to go for a walk every single day. Technically that's correct, but I'm in a stage where it's like the the little bit of free time or time off that I have, it isn't always best served for my health to go to the gym because maybe it's at night right before bed. And maybe I'm like getting sick now because everyone in my family has been sick for two Mm -hmm. weeks. And so anyway, it's just, it's been a, it's been a, an interesting process for me doing something like this. 
under such completely different circumstances than I've ever done them before. Um, I have, again, I just have a lot more compassion for, I mean, again, parents in general, but parents trying to be healthy, <laughs> parents yeah. trying to find the time, you know, because again, I, I, and I'm sure I've said this myself and I still believe like, we should prioritize our own health. And no matter whether you have kids, whether you have a busy job, there are always choices and decisions we can make, but different people have different capacity. And we do sort of have different hours in the day. Like this whole, like everyone has 24 hours. Like it's not true. Like we all have different 24 hours, you know? And so I'm just, I'm kind of grappling myself with, with, um, you know, that I can't help but think like two years ago, I probably would have had a different outcome. Like two years ago, I would be walking 18,000 steps a day because I had all the time in the world and I'd be listening to podcasts and running around outside and having a good time. And like, now I'm like, I can't, I, I I just can't. So anyway, we were talking offline. I'm sick now. I like, I am not going to do a couple workout. Like I'm not going to get all my workouts in this week. It's irritating me. Um, and I just sort of have to like suck it up and go back to, I guess what we've been talking about, which is if there are things you're not going to do that were part of the plan, can you double down on the things you can control and the things you can mm-hmm. do and the things you do have capacity for? And that's really all I can do. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. I a hundred percent. I think that this is a very like unique, I mean, again, there's always going to be things that come up in life for anybody. Um, but I think like for our timeline and this kind of aggressive approach that we're taking, obviously, um, all of the other stressors and the sickness and the travel and the things like that, they're not ideal with this approach that we're taking. Um, and so if it was like another client and we didn't have like a deadline of a photo shoot in a, in a few weeks, it would be like, all right, like all of these things just popped up in your life that you actually don't have control over. So is this the right time to be doing this? Probably not. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that is where we have to be very real with, just life and circumstances and expectations and and things like that. Um, so I think that's something to, to really think through and understand too, like what you're doing right now is kind of like, like it's atypical. Yeah. It's atypical, but it's also like all the other things that are happening are obviously not really in your favor from like just everything. Um, so sorry, you go. No, I was just going to say like, and I, I, I want to like every week it's like, it's really interesting being on the other side again, because I have been coached before, obviously it's been a long time. And I, in the past, it's like, I'm the kind of person who I, and I, I never have excuses. You know, I'm the kind of person who's just like, what do you want me to do? Okay. And then I go do it. And like the last month, again, I feel like I've been pretty compliant, but I do feel like I've just been giving you a lot of excuses. Like Magnus didn't sleep the other day. I'm going somewhere. There's no gym. Like, I feel like I have all these excuses and I hate it, but I also, Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm just telling you the truth. Like I just, I'm doing the best I can with what I have. And it's just, it's frustrating because it, it feels it's new and unfamiliar to me to have to navigate Mm -hmm. so many other life challenges in the midst of trying to do this. And again, major first world problems here that we're discussing. Yeah. No, no, no. um, You know, no, it makes sense. And like, I know that they're not excuses. Like, so that's like, I, I know that. And I know that a lot of these things are outside your control. Right. So that's, and that's what I would tell a client like, okay, so there's all these things that are outside of your control. Like you cannot control to a degree. Like if your kid is up all night and you get two hours of sleep, right? Like that's something you can't control. Okay. But what, or like if you're getting sick, like you typically can't control that, right? Um, if you had a trip planned, you know, a long time ago, then, you know, maybe maybe that's something that we could could have controlled or we could have said like, you know, whatever. I don't know. There's a mm-hmm. bunch of different things. But like, okay, what can we control? Yeah. What you consume every day, what you put mm-hmm. in your body, you can control that, right? Mm-hmm. You can control the calories you can intake, right? Um, obviously... There's just because you control control it doesn't mean it's easy, right? Yeah. Um, but you can control that. You can control. Um, we were talking about this off air, like in terms of movement, right? You're going to a cabin. There's it's probably going to be cold outside. Things like that. Like you're there's not a gym around. Okay, but what are the things that like you could do, right? Mm-hmm. And thinking through that 
and focusing on like, okay, what can I do versus focusing on all the things I can't do? Because mm-hmm. if you focus on all the things you can't do, then you're just going to turn it. It's just going to like a dark hole and you're just going to mm-hmm. be so frustrated and add more stress and then end up not wanting to do any of the things versus, okay, I know these things are out of my control. So what are the things that I know for sure that I can control and let me actually put my energy into those things versus putting energy into the other things that are not doing Mm -hmm. anything for me. They're not serving me in any way other than just like stressing me out more. Right. So with that, you know, we were talking about with calories, right? So your calories are already, you know, pretty low from the aggressive approach that we're taking, but within your body size and your movement and things like that, you know, we can lower them a bit more and it, you know, especially with this timeline temporarily, like temporarily. Um, so that's something that we can control, right? We can control what you're putting into your mouth every single day. Um, so for this week, when movement's a little bit lower, we're going to drop calories a little bit, see if we can get things moving a little bit more. Um, and then in terms of like movement, I was just, I was kind of saying off air, like, okay, you know, at night, if that's your free time or that's the time when you have the most free time or whatever, you know, even just walking back and forth in your house, right? Or instead of, and these are things that maybe we don't want to do, but like, if you have this goal and we know we have a timeline, like you're going to have to do some things that you don't want to freaking do. Like that's just part of the process. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So instead of like sitting on the couch watching TV, okay, why don't we just walk back and forth, set a timer for 20 minutes and you can still watch TV or put on a, a podcast and just find like I, I was telling you I have like a a hallway a long hallway and I like when I was in my fat loss phase and I didn't want to go outside and walk at or go on the treadmill at nine o'clock at night and I didn't hit my step goal I would put on a podcast and literally just walk back and forth for twenty or twenty minutes in my mm-hmm. a thousand square foot apartment mm-hmm. and those are things that you can do and that is like the that's something that's like, okay, yeah, I don't want to do this. I want to sit on the couch and watch TV and relax, but I can, I can get my steps and I can get my movement. It might, might not feel like it makes much of a difference, but like it will, right. If you, Mm -hmm. if you're sticking with that. So those are the things it's like, okay, like let's focus on like what we have access to, what we can do and put our energy there versus, you know, all the other shit. Pissed off about the other stuff. Yeah. And it's funny because I have been like, I feel like naturally, and I think there are studies about this, that like people who tend to be sort of like fidgeters and stuff tend to be like lower body weight. Cause just if you're constantly, it's your knee, right? It's just this constant movement, the non-exercise movement. Um, and that we also as human beings tend to like, if you eat less over a long period of time, you tend to reduce your movement subconsciously Mm -hmm. and vice versa. But like I noticed this week because I wasn't, I'm not exercising as much. I'm not walking as much. Um, just the last couple of days, like when I'm inside the house with Magnus and I'm playing with him, I'm like, purposely trying to like get up and move and and walk and carry him. And I'm trying to do a bit more of that. And it also reminds me of the first trip I took in the pandemic. I went back to New York, like in the middle of the pandemic, when you still, anyway, going back into Canada, you had to quarantine for two weeks. This is how badly I Mm -hmm. wanted to like get out of my house and go travel is I was willing to quarantine for two weeks upon my return. And when I did, I literally, like, I couldn't leave my house or the surrounding property. And so I would every night put on a podcast, go into my backyard and do like, I called it my prison walks. I was just like yeah. walking around in a circle for like an hour for my, you know, not necessarily cause I was like, I need to burn calories, but I'm like, I'll go nuts if I don't move and get some fresh air. Um, so mm-hmm. I guess that's, I'll be doing my inside, uh, prison, prison walks walk. for a little while while I do that. Um, yeah. but speak, since we we're talking about walking, we did get a question about, um, cardio for fat loss. Do you need it? How much do you need? How do you know how much you need? And so on. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Do you want to start with that? Yeah. I mean, this could be a whole podcast or five in itself. Um, So I want to kind of keep it from my perspective as simple as possible. And I would say that uh, when it comes to, well, try to, when it comes to cardio, at least in my mind, how I tend to look at it for implementation from a cart, from a fat loss standpoint, right? Like utilizing cardio to um, basically create a bigger deficit from a caloric expenditure standpoint, right? Not, not talking about like overall health, heart health, mental health, like that's important from a cardio standpoint, right? We're talking about specifically utilizing cardio for fat loss. 
Um, I think that it is something that is actually very overrated. Um, I think that it is something that should be used strategically and sparingly. And it does depend on your timeline, right? So for you, for example, because we have such a short timeline, then we're kind of kicking things off. And we talked about this on previous podcasts with actually implementing cardio because the timeline's so short um, and because you're already leaner and because we can only reduce calories so much to be able to sustain it and adhere to it, right? So we have to kind of pull out the other tools and cardio is a tool that we're we're using. Um, But for most people, I think that, when they start a fat loss journey or phase or whatever, right from the start, it's like, okay, how many, how much more can I do? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go do this like cardio plan and and all this stuff. And it's like, no, we should probably get all the other things first styled in your nutrition, your, your uh, three things, right? Nutrition, right? That's the biggest dial resistance training to make sure that you are holding on to your muscle and then steps. Right. Mm -hmm. So where I like to start is like, if you don't have those three things dialed in, then you have no business starting to incorporate extra cardio. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I kind of like to put some numbers behind it, I would say from a step standpoint, like if you're someone who's not already like at 10, I'm just using 10 K steps as kind of the, the marker. But if you haven't been able to get your steps up to 10 K on a daily basis, like start there, Mm -hmm. just literally start there because that is one of the most underrated pieces of the puzzle. Like if you're only getting 5k steps a day and you're looking to implement cardio for fat loss, like let's just get your steps up. Right. Um, if you are someone who's already been at 10k steps for a while and like, then it's like, okay, now we can start to think about how we implement cardio, right. Or how can we add some extra cardio in? Um, and then also when, once that happens, right. Once you've got those three things in check, nutrition, uh, lifting and then your steps, then we can say, okay, you know, if I, if I want to implement some cardio, how do I do that strategically? Um, the, one of the biggest things we have to understand is that your body adapts really easily to cardio. So we Mm -hmm. have to make sure that you have a plan and you have a strategy, um, and you're leaving some kind of runway for yourself, right. For your entire fat loss phase. If you're not taking an aggressive approach, like we are, Um, and then the other thing is the recovery standpoint that we talked about on the previous podcast. I don't know if it was last one or the one before, um, in terms of the type of cardio you're going to implement. Um, I'm much more of an advocate of like the steady state list cardio in a fat loss phase, um, because it can be, it has other implications besides just the calorie burn side of things. Um, it'll allow you to recover better. Um, and it will keep you in more of that sympathetic state, just like adding in a ton of hit and a ton of like high intensity stuff, which is going to, um, cause you to kind of probably burn out a little bit faster. Um, so stress there's so many, different, more. yeah, stress your body more. There's so many different, you know, things that go into this, but I think the biggest thing is just for a lot of people to realize just from the start, like if you don't have those three things I mentioned dialed in, get those dialed in first don't just go balls to the wall. I'm going to start doing like four new cardio sessions a week, right? When I start my fat loss phase. Um, cause that's probably going to be a bad idea because you're not going to have any runway because your body's going to adapt very fast to that. Um, and then also understanding that like from coming out of it right after your fat loss phase, we have to understand that if you've, if you've kind of dug yourself this hole mm-hmm. of, so much cardio, your body is now adapted to that. And so now you have to get yourself away from that. So mm-hmm. if you don't want to be doing cardio like five days a week for 30 minutes every single day, and you th- that's what you do at the end of your fat loss phase, like you can't just stop doing that, right? Because that's a lot of kind of extra movement, right? So you have to gradually work that out in like your reverse diet. You have to keep that in mind. But you also have to realize too, like you don't have to do that. Like if, if you don't, if you don't think you're going to be able to maintain, maintain that after your fat loss phase, then you probably shouldn't be putting yourself in a position to be there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's just, again, you're just digging yourself a hole that you have to now come out of, um, to be able to maintain. So there's so many other things that I could say, but I'm just going to shut up for a second. I mean, that is the basic takeaway that most people need to know. And I think it's also important like to, to clarify what you said about lists, like low intensity, steady state, which is 
and again, I'll use previous, um, preps as an example, and you've done them too. Like I have gotten to like very low body fat competition level body fat without ever jogging, (laughs) um, doing cardio that means I'm panting for breath, like dripping sweat, like mm-hmm. definitely had my movement up for sure. Like crushing steps, definitely doing 30 minutes here and there on, you know, incline treadmill is the go-to. Um, but never doing the kind of cardio. I think people still think cardio is like an hour long cardio class or on a stair mill where you're like bent over dripping sweat. Like yeah. I can't really talk like that. That is like the opposite of the sweet spot in terms of that is where you do not want your body to be for long periods of time. It's highly stressful, not beneficial and not going to help you. That's not the cardio we're looking for. We're looking for like, how can you like resist sitting still? Like let's make, get our body to move as much as possible without overly stressing it. And that's what the cardio that we're looking to do is. So it's walking as much as possible it's a nice brisk pace on the treadmill, ideally on an incline so that your muscles are working. You know, you're, you use this, um, example and I do too. A lot of people do. It's like, you want to be able to carry on a conversation. You're feeling it a little bit. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. all right. But you can talk. Yeah. You're not like yeah. out of breath, like exhausted. Um, that is the perfect kind of pace, um, for the, you know, health supporting kind of cardio that you want to be doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I would and add to that. Doing. Yeah, exactly. And I would add to that also things that you enjoy. So mm-hmm. if you're going to, if you are someone who's like, I cannot go to the gym and get on the treadmill and walk on an incline, like literally, I'm just like, I want to like scratch yeah, my I- eyeballs out, then okay, don't freaking do that. <laughs> um, but are there other things that you can do? And I would even like choose these things over the the incline. And Here's the thing we have to understand too, like the more that you can, if you are very serious about what you're doing, like you have a serious prep or photo shoot or something like that, the more we can quantify your cardio and like measure it, the better off we're going to be from like an adjustment standpoint for what you're doing. However, if you're just someone who's looking to, you know, lose some body fat and you have like, you want to incorporate some cardio, I would much rather you go find a like go play pickleball with your friend or go outside and get sun and do go ride your bike somewhere, go for a swim, like Mm -hmm. join a kickball team or a basketball team, which I haven't Mm -hmm. told you about yet. um, I saw though. I saw you're like crushing the rec sports these days. I know. And I, do you know, I'm also joining a flag football team. (laughs) Oh, it's a whole different conversation. You're not going to have any time to work anymore. You're just going to be a professional rec league player. I know I'm like becoming an athlete again, but it's like so amazing. Like it just like feels so good. Um, awesome. Anyway, we can talk about that maybe on the next podcast, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, just find something that you enjoy doing and something that also can benefit your mental health. So like making a social thing, yeah. like I said, playing basketball or whatever, like something that you enjoy because that's obviously going to make it more sustainable. And it's also just going to be something that doesn't feel so hard, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like you're, like you're forcing yourself to do it. And it's just, again, that in itself is going to be more sustainable. Um, And then one thing that I I just want to quickly reiterate that we've talked about before, if you are implementing cardio, extra cardio as a means of burning, like using it for caloric expenditure, using it for fat loss, make sure that you're not reducing your other movement throughout the day, right? So make sure that you're still paying attention to like, if you have a step goal of 10K steps a day, but you're adding extra cardio on top of that to get an extra thing out of it, then you shouldn't be including that cardio in your 10K step goal, right? right. Because then you're not adding anything. You're just yeah. ending up kind of maybe even at the same place than if you were just to go out and get your 10K steps. So that's something that a lot of people forget about too. It's like, we need to pay attention to that um, if we're if we're using it for that purpose. Yep. But I think again, the key is, did you lose me? Am I still here? No, you're here. Okay. Yeah. I think the key is like cardio. Well, to summarize, you do not really need motivation or cardio (laughs) to, (laughs) there we go to hit your, hit your goals, especially a fat loss one. You need, um, a plan and you need consistency. And I mean, maybe I would say you, 
you need, but you really should have support and accountability. I'm sure there are people out there who have succeeded without any help, any coach, any support. I'm sure that exists. It's definitely an outlier. Most of us need. They're probably not listening to this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Cause they're too busy just doing everything themselves. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's funny cause I've already been thinking about like some sort of summary points that some things that I want to communicate and like really be mindful about and think about at the end of this process that I think will help me in my coaching, that I think will help me in my own just health moving forward um, and how to just continue to kind of simplify these things. Because again, whether you are into my approach to coaching, your approach to coaching, which are more similar than they are different, but it's about simplifying to like the basic, distilling it to the basic, most important um, concepts and doing those consistently and well, and finding a way to do it so that it isn't a tedious chore that you hate so that it's, Mm -hmm. you know, a part of your life, you fit it into your life. And that goes back to, you know, the frustration I'm feeling around how, you know, everything that keeps just getting thrown at me while I'm like, I just work out and lose Mm -hmm. a couple pounds, like stop being so hard life. Like, you know, um, (laughs) but at the end of the day, like, your life is the most important thing. Whatever this goal is, is secondary. So figure yeah. out how to fit this stuff into your life instead of trying to like have a life in the middle of your crazy yeah. obsessive plans or whatever, you know, it's like life comes first, fit the stuff into your life so that you can have a healthy, happy one, you know? Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right. We're going to talk Dude. about a sponsor active. Yeah. Steps. I was going to say we got, we got some sponsors to shout out. Active Snacks, um, they're the best. I saw you made another hazelnut uh, ice cream. You're really on the hazelnut. I did. I You're did. Really well, it's just like days. it adds so much to it. I've been doing actually chocolate, chocolate active and blah, blah, blah. chocolate active stacks. I've been adding some banana into it, mm-hmm. which gives it even better consistency. Um, a little bit of banana and then hazelnuts as the mix in, and that has mm. been. I have not tried the banana. I will say, and again, this is just a personal preference thing, but normally when I make ice cream, I use like not maybe not necessarily whole fat milk, but like not low fat milk. Yeah. Um, And I used like a low fat and like guys don't kill me for this because I do not make a practice of it, but I used like a almond milk because I just had it and it was lower calorie. And I was like, this is garbage, like having no yeah. fat in the ice cream. It's, it's just not as good. It's just like, it, the texture just isn't there. Yeah. It's like, it's like, that's why you have, so if you're going to go with the, the nut milk, first of all, I, I don't like almond milk because it has no. this weird table, table like flavor. It. So if I'm going to use a nut milk, it's going to be cashew or yeah. like, I'll make my own, like with hazelnut milk or yeah. pistachio milk or something like that. Basically or any water milk and blend. except yeah. for almonds. Almonds yeah. gross. Um, but it is going to be more water consistency. So you do, if you're going to use that, you have to follow the steps in the blog post that I wrote. Because if not, it's going to become, it's going to be horrible. But yes, the fattier the milk, the better um, yeah. in terms of consistency. But obviously if we're using it and we're trying to get the calories not to be super high and all that stuff, then you just have yeah. to make sure you follow the proper step sequence. <laughs> yes. The easiest way to make things delicious is definitely to add fat to it. <laughs> it's yeah, like for sure. hot tip anyway. Yeah. Um, but still, I mean, active stacks, I've actually been doing one thing that I've been doing and I don't know why it took me this long to do it, but because I'm trying to add more protein, like it's funny how I can effortlessly every day get about 10 grams below the protein amount you want me to have. Like I can get pretty high protein easily, but it's always like, okay, I got to get like 10 more grams. Um, and so I've been adding active stacks to my iced coffee in the morning yeah. and it mixes really well. So I've just been putting like a little bit of cream or a little bit of milk and like maybe a quarter scoop or half a scoop of, um, the protein blending it, put the coffee in delicious. I have like a mocha yeah. iced coffee. It's so good. Anyway, that sounds good. Yeah. And you can also, also just like put in more protein into the ice cream that will actually increase the consistency even more. Cause you'll have a little bit more of the, the powder. Yes. Um, that's an easy way to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, big fan, big fan of active sex, especially the chocolate tastes like a brownie. Mm-hmm. You know what I might do with it too? I have a recipe for, well, maybe not until after this, 
uh, <laughs> <laughs> this cut. Um, but I make these like sweet potato or pumpkin brownies and it's, there's a yeah. lot of cocoa powder in it, but like the, the active stacks, cause it literally tastes like brownies already. Yeah. It's going to make it good. Okay, sweet. All right. So the code, if you guys mm-hmm. want to get on it, cause we talk about this protein powder all the time and how delicious it is. And we eat it all the time. You guys should try it. It's MSW 10 and their website is activestacks.com. They have vanilla and mm-hmm. chocolate. The vanilla is great. If you're more of a vanilla person, also yeah. delicious. We're just kind of big chocolate fans over here. So, yeah. um, thank oh, you guys. Can I say support. one more thing? Yeah. So have you tried the active stacks as like a hot chocolate? I have With not. Hot water? You know, I don't drink, you I don't, don't like really hot water. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but I'm going to just say this cause it's really good and I've done it. So just literally yeah. water or milk. And yeah. just have like a hot chocolate and you just like, I use like the, uh, hand blender thing to, yep. to mix it in. Um, that's another way that, you know, if you have like a sweet tooth at night and you don't want to make yeah. ice cream or it's like cold outside and you want some hot chocolate, like literally just water and active sacks is amazing. A little cinnamon on top and maybe even a little whipped cream. Mm, I could definitely get into that. I'm not a hot beverage drinker, but hot chocolate I can do. I used to do it with like a little bit of like chocolate element too. So that you're getting like that little bit of salty and hydro. Yeah. We need to do a cookbook. Remember I posted on social media because, you know, we've got our glute program that we're working on Mm -hmm. our workshop. And I posted my attempt to be funny in the stories. I'm like, we're working on something. What is it? And it was like, the lists were like lower body workouts, upper body workouts, liver dessert recipe book, and then a hundred, a hundred and one ways to make squash, cook squash. Oh, and like the majority of I people thought it was squash. The I love that. Of people. So you might have a new project. <laughs> yeah. You probably did. Yeah. So like <laughs> you might have a new project. Cause I think people want a squash recipe book from you. I'm just saying it's, it's becoming more popular. I will say I'll, I'll taste um, test it. I'll cause you know, yeah. I'm always down. Let's find the time for that. Yeah. Maybe after the glute workshop, you can work on your uh, squash cookbook. (laughs) All right, guys, as always, if you have any questions or comments or feedback from us, anything you want us to talk about or address or whatever, send us an email muscle science for women at gmail.com number four. Um, or you can reach out to us on Instagram, um, and just say, hi, maybe consider sharing the podcast with someone you think could benefit, um, rate Mm -hmm. and review. If you can do that, subscribe any little click you can do that supports the show and gets more eyes on it is deeply appreciated by us. So, um, anything you can do to spread the word, we really appreciate one quick way to do that is if you can, you can take a screenshot like Mm -hmm. right now, right now, do it. screenshot, clicky click, put it on your story, tag us that helps, you know, other people see it and it, it would be amazing. And we, and we see it and it makes our day and yeah, we'll be definitely so pleased. So, all right. Thanks guys. We'll see you next time. Catchy catchphrase. Deuces.